one thing that I didn't know about that I thought was really interesting is why they have the red hand. Now, me being me and thinking everything is a big joke, I honestly thought it was just an in poor taste translation of the fact that Rogel Dorn's hand was the only thing they found. And they thought it would be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's the, the Primark's hand. Like, hey, we're just said, like, yeah. uh, Crimson Fist. <laughs> Um, the original practice actually, allegedly, comes from when um, the Primarch would apparently, when greeting very respectful members of the chapter, he would cut his palm or his wrist or something like that, and they would do the same. They would shake hands and they'd get a little bit of a, a contact high from Primarch juice because is this like that's what uh, forgive me for saying this? Is this like the feet pictures of space planes? Uh. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? Is it that what? level of no, like, how? Oh my Please God, what? what you mean? <laughs> it's the it, same amount of disgust. Yeah, no, you no, know what I mean? Yeah, keep going. It's a contact high. Oh, I'm so what sorry. What are you talking about? The universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a thing I've put on the internet now. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Beginner to Expert podcast, where we talk about from the the, the overarching newbie guide to a faction or part of the Warhammer universe to the nitty gritty essential details that only nerds like us would appreciate. And today, uh, I'm, I'm afraid Colin is away. Um, he's doing some kind of social gathering or some such. I don't know. I don't go outside. But... Um, He's into Warhammer. He doesn't have to be honest. <laughs> His will be why, why are we lying to ourselves? Um, but because Colin is away, we've got a special guest today. Ooh. Um, drum roll, please. You may know him as Arthur, but he's got a dirty little secret. But today... <laughs> that's just not a full name. That's <laughs> not his Today we are welcoming Arthur Bones. Yay! <laughs> Mr. Bones. Hi, everyone. Uh, yes, I'm Arthur Bones, as you all would know mm. me from my YouTube channel, Mr. Bones 40K. Um, fun fact, the, the truth do in fact come out. Uh, my real name isn't actually Arthur <gasps> or Bones. It's uh, Connor. Lie. That is a fat lie. It cannot be. <laughs> Tell me it isn't so. We are contractually, uh, contractually obliged to kick you off of law crimes instantly for this absolute heresy of pretending to be someone called Arthur. We can't have it. We can't have it. It's almost a law crime and fraud, <laughs> oh, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> we love him, really. Uh, he's been on a tear recently with his videos, and uh, I thought he'd be a good candidate, so I asked him on, and he's been very nice to oblige us. And uh, and what are we covering today, Arthur? Ooh. Uh, the Crimson Fists, a.k.a. the uh, Ultramarines Ooh, of the Imperial Fists. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're one of the really old ones that's been around for a while um but uh with that being said i, I think uh before we start today's episode i think it is time for the question of the week and so boys we have the question of the week uh thank you so much for your answers ladies and gentlemen last week's uh question was you want to sabotage the hive mind what do you feed it hashtag tummy ache now, some of these were 
pretty good, I'm not going to lie. Uh, some of them were pretty Colin-directed mm. some mm. reason. Yeah. Um, Glad I'm here for it. Uh, we we'll, should also mention that Colin is just here for now as a time yes. relation. Yeah, he's here to join us so we can give him a few uh, roasts. Uh, should mention there was some Avery Johnson, but that didn't quite make the cut because uh, we're starting off with uh, at double deputy 4242 hashtag tummy ache. I feed the hive mind all of Colin's Eldar tabletop model. you. <laughs> Those are mine. Go away. You can, you can find them anywhere. They're still all of the same 50 year old models. Stop taking mine. Yeah. Why did Total I just Eldar think of. Death. Think of Colin going, this is an Eldar, and this is mine. There are this many one like is it, mine. this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> you can feed him your uh, striking scorpions. Oh, wait. Oh, man. Hey, come oh, on. Right. Let's settle down now. All right. All right. Yeah. Lion's <laughs> hand player in the planet. Yes. <laughs> the one in all More iron digit than hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We lost yeah. all the iron head, uh, so it's Good. all gone. Ferris is Um... Speak, I've got a bit of a theme for the next few ones, though, boys. Uh, <laughs> at Tristan Wood, uh, 1308, he put hashtag tummy ache, feed them some proper English <laughs> cuisine. Yeah. After loading up that plate with a course of chip butty and mucky <laughs> dripping, oh. I might leave the galaxy in all of his majesty's great nation <laughs> and superior palate. Uh, now, mucky. <laughs> monkey dri- oh, monkey yeah. dripping. That's awful. I'm not gonna lie. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's worse if you say it in northern. It's like mucky sure. dripping. Good, good man. <laughs> that, I might be curry and chips. The finest of muscle. Or and gravy and chips. chips. Sorry. Oh, it sounds like Andy, what's it called with not, them? It sounds less like they're trying to like describe food and more like they're trying to curse us. <laughs> it does. Um, it does hit with a pretty. Now, this is not one of the actual hashtag answers, but someone's hit this theme like right on the head. And I think Andy probably knows this because Tristan again comes out with a day in the life of a true behemoth <laughs> geezer. Wake up and meet the hype tyrant Susan. My little ripper swarm. Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> Time to take the gene stealer to an uninfected hive world. Rev up the hive fleet. Yeah! <laughs> Quick stop at Ultramar and light up that plate. Get a, get a smurf. Halfway, uh, McCrack looking lovely today, lads. Just a bit of banter. Old One Eye makes a thirty-eight to nil. <laughs> Lost. Cut <laughs> <laughs> down local system. Good old biomass. Look at Look that. Hive <laughs> tyrant made Susan. Sorry, Hive tyrant Susan made dinner. That's lovely. <laughs> Pop down, have a couple of jeans, get a cultist with the lads. And finish up in the bio pool of dreams. Nice. <laughs> so good, dude. Classic. Uh, Bless you. We, we do appreciate how much time that would have like taken to write and to think about. Mm. So bless you. <laughs> Thank God you, to Tristan. God dear me. We appreciate that. But speaking of um something a bit more uh, on topic, clearly, hashtag tummy ache by Yellow Hornet 42. Uh the Tyranids losing all sense of taste. After devouring the ancient Terran dishes known as British food, <laughs> becoming unable to distinguish good flavor and forever being tied down to bland biomass. <sighs> There's a bit of a war, as you can see in the comments. Yeah, month long. For the boys. Pasties are great. 
Oh, <laughs> we had to we had to explain to the other boys what uh, pasties are, and we still haven't quite got it yet. Which is, <laughs> it looks I mean, good. there's a bit of the pasty where you don't eat traditionally as well, which is like, is it the horn? I yeah, I suppose because <laughs> usually when you have a pasty, you go, oh, it's a bit a bit stiff. It's like a calzone, but then it's like with fluffy, um, like fluffy pastry. What's the one called? Like flake, flaky pastry. And I mean, then... imagine you're sending a letter, and the letter contains mincemeat, and the letter <laughs> is edible. That's basically a pasty. No, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. You guys have that. You have that and fish and chips, and those are your good food. That's all we're allowed. Okay. What's the iconic yeah. Canadian version of like that stuff? Oh God, what? It... Mm-hmm. Poutine. There we, we, we got go. Poutine, babe. What is yeah. poutine? Chips, cheese, and gravy. That's what we call it. Oh, <laughs> I think that might cheese be... curds. Cheese curds. Cheese curds. curds. They're delicious. It's fried oh. cheese. Yeah. Cheese then. Yummy, yummy. <laughs> what's it called? Tummy, um, tummy. Oh, what's that amazing cheese? That's amazing to wrap bacon in. Ah, oh, can't remember. Halloumi. Halloumi. All of it. Oh, yeah. God, this is, you can tell we're very hungry while we're making yeah, this episode. Yeah. We also I have think... food from all around the world. Got lots of tasty Japanese food where I live. Oh, are you on a... Uh, oh, I mean, to fact, maybe the... Uh, was it poutine is what the guy calls mucky dripping. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, I know. Probably ruined that. Oh, I mean, you okay. say that, Eli. Have you ever tried dragon fruit? That's pretty cool. Yes. It mm. is tasty. It is pretty good. Oh, you lucky bastard. Uh, we're speaking of uh, something a bit more um, uh, on theme for today's episode. Uh, we've got the next question of the week, and that is uh, you can punch anyone in the face in the Warhammer universe. Uh, fantasy or 40k, doesn't matter. Uh, we will specify now. We know you're going to put Erebus, so you, we, we <laughs> prefer maybe one or two people if you want to put Erebus, but you can be anyone. It could be... I think I had a earlier thing about um, Wolfric the Wanderer just needs to, I mean, punch that bird tongue right out of his mouth. Why not? <laughs> he deserves it. And um, so who do you punch and why? And the hashtag is, oh, Andy, I can't believe, <laughs> insisting, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> hashtag insisting on a fisting. Um, oh, please don't misspell that because you will, <laughs> you will definitely get the wrong hashtag. Uh, you'll probably end up somewhere dark on the internet. And um, with that being said, though, uh, we will start with the beginner section. Okay, and with all that done, some very good comments. Uh, I believe today we're going to be covering the Crimson Fist with the beginner section. It's going to be Arthur, so uh, I will be covering the expert section later on. But with all that said, Arthur, would you like to to talk about the successors of Rogal Dawn, the Crimson Fists? Crimson for a fist in. Sorry, uh, I can't help it. <laughs> no, I know. Oh. The groans. Oh. I'm ready Spicy. for it. <laughs> my body, my body's ready. Type of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, uh, Crimson Fists. It's one of those chapters that are very... They're synonymous with 40K. They're one of the oldest chapters in the literature as well as in like the promotional material from my understanding. And that... For the most part, for the longest time, all I knew about them. So I did do a little bit of research and the rough summation of what I came up with was um, second founding way, way back when, when the um, 
the the Imperial Fists were convinced, and by Imperial Fists I mean Rogel Dorn, convinced into breaking up the Legion into other smaller chapters. I think there were only five or so that we know of yeah. in that um, yeah, second Black founding. Black Templars, Crimson, the Fists, Crimson Fists, uh, Fists, Exemplar? Soul Drinkers, Soul Drinkers, baby. Maybe the Soul Drinkers. Uh, uh I believe yeah, I know the Excoriators yeah. are there. And Executioners are first two? founding. Yeah, there we go. Because they have a weird. Yeah. But um, their first chapter master, I haven't gone that far in the Horus Heresy. All I know him as is uh, Alexis Big Man Pollux. Mm, absolute Chad, by the way. Big absolute man. Chad. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, he was uh, fresh off the death of his heteromantic life partner, Erebus <laughs> Dantioch, and put in charge of the Crimson Fists leading them to have one of the longest lasting legacies of any real chapter of space Marines. Second founding chapters tend to either peter out and be nothing uh, like good example. Um, something I covered a little while ago called the Marauders. Yep. Feels a bad. paragraph of lore. That's it. Or the, the crimson fists. And they have like 30 books dedicated to them. So, um, there's a lot of uh, lore to the Crimson Fists. Uh, an interesting fact that they started off as a fleet-based chapter, you know, doing the things that fleet-based ba- fleet chapters do. Eventually, they ended up on a um, pretty interesting world named Rin's World uh, on a location known as the Hellblade Mountain, which is next to Lake Rin uh, near New Rin City, on the province of oh, Rinland. In the Galactic the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I guess GW mm. can't help themselves sometime. Um, and yeah, uh, do pay attention because the Hellblade Mountains is going to come back later when Rin's World had a, had a bit, bit of spicy. A, an oopsie. A bit of a spicy later. time. Yeah. Um, Culture-wise, they are a bit of a an odd mix of ultramarine practices and the culture of a imperial fist. They're very stoic. They're very stern, very much into the traditions of what could be considered a space Marine. You're going to notice that if you read about these guys, they have, they're like the space Marine chapter of all time. They are the most space Marine space Marine. Everything you think a space Marine should do in any sec, like any, Situation, they do it. Um, they did not see the uh, Codex Astartes as a paperweight. They actually thought, hey, maybe something was good about this book. They follow it with, you know, 10 companies, scout at the 10th, first company being the elites, first company being called the Crusade Company for reasons I am probably are related mm. to Sigismund, but probably not. <laughs> I, it's something I'm not familiar with. Yeah, they are just a nice blended smoothie of uh, blueberries and bananas when it comes to good. the uh, creation of their chapter. Um, and yeah, right. Um, the one thing that I didn't know about that I thought was really interesting is why they have the red hand. Now, me being me and thinking everything is a big joke, I honestly thought it was just an in poor taste translation of the fact that Rogel Dorn's hand was the only thing they found. And they thought it would be 
<laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, it's the Primark sure hand. Like, hey, just said, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Crimson Fist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the original practice actually, allegedly, comes from when um, the Primarch would apparently, when greeting very respectful members of the chapter, he would cut his palm or his wrist or something like that, and they would do the same. They would shake hands and they'd get a little bit of a, a contact high from Primarch juice because is this like that's what forgive happens. me for saying this? Is this like the feet pictures of space rings? Uh. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? Is it that what? level? No, like, how? Oh my Please God. explain <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> it's the same amount of disgust. Yeah, no, you no, know what I mean? Yeah, keep going. So contact high. Oh, I'm so what sorry. What are you talking about? The universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a thing I've got on the internet. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe they like Oh, God. We've ruined it. Um, we've ruined it. Could be their thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they, if I remember, specific elite members of their chapter uh, mm-hmm. have both gauntlets covered in the red with the regular armor color of them being that azure blue, which is, again, very ultramarine, but slightly darker. Um, the current day chapter itself is. Um, uh, pardon my language uh, completely 100% <laughs> fucked just absolutely oh it's horrible um, we're gonna we're gonna cover that one that one's, that one's pretty fun but uh, yeah I think uh, after a certain uh, poodles happened at uh, Rin's world yeah right <laughs> someone had the dropsies that day they didn't have the rubber whoopsie doodles i have done an oof. Uh, <laughs> it's like i think in one fell swoop during a very specific event that i am obviously teasing uh yeah, they lost uh, i yep, think over guys. 600 marines everybody because loves of the mentors so they always forget about the crimson fists yeah for sad where points. was where was space marine health and safety when you yeah. needed it i know <laughs> I wonder if they have a safety guide. I just like that idea of a space marine. A space marine, instead of using the normal helmet, he's, just, he's got like an Astartes hard hat and it's yellow. And it's just like, oh, that is that is brother um, Ophidius. He is our health and safety officer. Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah. Just like he doesn't go into combat type. that much. <laughs> <laughs> he runs into charge, I mean, he charges into battle with a clipboard uh, and he's like, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, good man. <laughs> Essentially, most of their armor is basically high vis yeah. anyway at this point. So yeah, they're probably. So just like the idea that he's like like a chapter's going out to do like war, yeah. and he's just there with a bunch of cones, putting them around the battlefield. Like civilian, do not cross this border. There's currently <laughs> dangerous things going on. There's like explosions behind him. Very ultramarine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does sound like mm. something that would have come out of the Ultima founding. You know, the, the Marines OSHA. <laughs> something that's will. like uh, something uh, ultramarine players would definitely do. Yes, I'm calling you guys out, all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Those who are listening, I'm gonna get hate for that. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, yeah. Current day, they're trying to reclaim what they lost during the Rin's World issues that were happening. Uh, they got reinforcements from the Ultima founding, and because of that, they're kind of in a weird spot because of what happened on Rin's World, which I'll cover in a second, I guess. Um, they have like this cast of like firstborn Marines that are like the most grizzled, but like really, really twitchy 
Marines that you could possibly have meeting these like fresh recruits who have like that, that good, good <laughs> Belisarius call goop in them. That's like super peppy and happy all the time. I remember reading a short story to give like a good perspective of what that is. And it's like, it was one absolutely bananas, uh, um, crimson fist firstborn Marine who was setting up to like snipe orcs and the, the guys that were training under him because they're trying to teach them the, the, the ways of the crimson fists. He was a Ultima founding guy. Primaris Marine was right next to him. He's like, so where's your sniper rifle? He's like, right here, pulls out a heavy bolter. And he's like, but excuse that's not me, a, that's, this is illegal. How? The Codex Astartes does not support this action. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so you want me to go into um, what exactly I'd happened say in Rin's world? Because that's the juicy bit. I think um, if that's more or less the overview of the, of the whole thing, um, I want to go back to where everything started with Alexis. But uh, um, I was going to bring enough. up uh, Pedro Cantor and Alessio Cortez, sort of, but I can do that afterwards yeah. if you want to go into it. Uh, It'd be might, a nice might as well mention them. Now. I'll probably like mention them a little bit at the end, but that's about it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well... Um, I just said their names. They're pretty prominent figures. I have full stop. I had never heard of Alessio Cortez until I read, um, the book Rin's world. Cause I'm dumb like that, I guess. But, um, first name that you should probably recognize. Most people in 40 K who actually play the game have seen Pedro Cantor's model and at least heard the name. Cause he's kind of a popular mm-hmm. character on the tabletop to some degree. I know a lot of people who are making their own like homebrews right now and like a, a lot of places I'm going, but Pedro Cantor is the current chapter master of the Imperial fists. And as much as I give GW shit for, you know, <laughs> new Rin city being in Rinland on Rin's world, they had the restraint, Mr. Rin, <laughs> not calling his melee weapon, <laughs> the crimson fist. Yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't call it that good on them. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was surprised enough, that it's, it's just like, a oh, regular just, power fist. Just a his fist. weapon is like no special one. Yeah, yeah. His special weapon is a <laughs> probably stolen from a Grey Knight <laughs> combi bolter that's attached to his wrist called Dorn's Arrow. Nice. It's cute, but he's current day chapter master. He has a lot of reverence for the old chapter masters, but he's also a very interesting character, very pragmatic realist, and. I, I found him throughout the readings that I was going through and like all the research, just be kind of a chill guy and acknowledges the failings of like past chapter masters, as well as like realizing how he can be better as a person. Very human cool guy. Very human. Um, uh, then you have Sprint, which I think is uh, very, yeah. It's one of the few times you actually see in Warhammer law where he actually tries to inspire hope in not just, you know, brothers, but he actually inspires hope in uh, regular human beings, which is, Kind of a, it's a nice part that it's in the Crimson Fist novels because again, it's it's nice that it's there, so it shows that them as like a contrasting uh, Space Marine chapter compared to all the other, particularly the Black Templars, which obviously same lineage, but definitely don't have the same feelings yeah. towards uh, civilians slash um, ob- obstacles as they might mm, call not them. shouting slurs, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, not always. Mm, yeah. Speed, Speed bumps, bumps, if you will. God. um and then we have the other character that i mentioned that i didn't know much about and i still don't know as much as i wish i did but it's uh alessio cortez i have no idea what he's the captain of now because again most of the marines are dead so there's not many 
companies. If I remember, mm-hmm. correct me That's if I'm wrong, one. captain of the fourth company originally. Perfect. Um, known for being the hardest to kill motherfucker in the entire chapter. For some reason, he could go up against war bosses, <laughs> tyrannid hive tyrants, greater demons. And for some reason, even if he's just like a paramecium sized <laughs> cell, he'll climb his way back he's, and they'll he's just like put him Yuri in a suit of armor and he'll be fine in like a couple brother. weeks. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's also yeah, a nice, um, yeah. he's, a, he's the contrast to what all the other um, Crimson Fists are because he's quite a bit more what you think is traditional space marine He's a bit more, let's just, the, the enemy is the target. Everything else is kind of... Um, in the mm. way, you know, basically achieve the mission at all costs. Mm. And I, th- I think Cortez is the one who, when he speaks mm. to um, Pedro Cantor, because they they were together, like they were both in the same company. They grew up, or not grew up, but, you know, like they basically fought together most of their life. And then there's like that really good scene where Pedro is obviously like trying to defend civilians and then Cortez is going, um, but that will slow us down. And they kind of, have a moment go like why did what what changed between us you know what i mean mm. so they, they, uh cortez is a kind of i don't know i don't know Rash. if they say the writers use him as like a a jumping <laughs> block for uh you know basically is he like the luigi to mario i imagine it's like he's viewed in that sort of same way where he's meant to in the sort of story of the crimson fist he's meant to be the contrast to all the good boys I mean, but you know, they need both of them to sort of help the chapter survive. Mm. They'll cover them a little bit at the end, so that'll be good fun. It's good story. It's good writing. Really good writing in that book, Rinsworld. If anyone should pick that up, oh god, it's so good. Pretty good, yeah. Um, But yeah, that's all I know about Alessio Cortez. He is a a pretty hard nickname, but I think they just refer to him as the Immortal. That goes hard. It's kind of good. It's a good name. Um, but yeah, no, if you want to start talking about um, Alexis Pollux, you have the floor, right, I suppose. so it's time for some Horus Heresy, boys. It's my it's my wheelhouse. Yeah, let's classic. go. Let's go. So um, <laughs> let's go all the way back to the beginning of the Imperial Fists Legion. Now, everyone loves our, our yellow lads in power armor. Um, but during the Horus Heresy, there were um, a notable few captains you might already know about. Everyone knows about Sigismund, the first captain. You've got um, Fafnir Ran, who was the first high executioner of the Executioner's chapter, and he had the twin axes. And there's another chap called Alexis Pollux. Now, Alexis Pollux was the captain of the 405th Company of the Imperial Fist Legion, and he was originally born on Inwit. Um, when he was going through the trials to become an Imperial Fist, he had a brother, uh, if I can remember his name. Uh, what, what do you, Can you help me here? Is, help? I think it also begins with an A, yeah. isn't it? Uh, or, or a H. It's... Um, they have quite similar names, yeah. though. But he's like, have, is it a twin brother? Yes, isn't it? It's, the name, it's like a twin brother, and he's massive. And is it like Elias? Elias? Eli- oh, Eli- Elios, Elios with a H. Yes, with a, it's a silent Greek. H, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's Elios and Alexis. And the two of them both went through the trials um, to become a space marine on Inwit, which is pretty harsh. You basically have to, like, wander Inwit's icy planet surface with just some, like, barely rags on your back and no real supplies while there's massive monsters trying to cut you down all the way through and uh during the trials his brother was killed big sad 
um there's a point where oh it's awful they, it's awful yeah. that death it's like it's so like it's only like the opening minutes of i know which book you're referring to and it's so sad yeah. it's like the opening bit and it's like god damn because there's a bit where alexis gets wounded by this massive creature and then elias kind of gets between him and the monster and saves his life but he coaxes it to like the precipice of a mountain and then the the beast jumps over and it, it, it dashes itself into the abyss below and like Alexis grabs his brother's hand and he can't hold on because he's really badly injured and his 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 grip is slipping and he's like just let go and he lets him go and then oh. he he makes it back to the chapter monastery but his brother's dead but it's like chin up Alexis you're a, you're an imperial fist now and he's like great um <laughs> there's, a, there's a slight hint in that story as well which is his hand is all uh, Alexis's hand is all injured and mangled obviously bleeding red mm. so he's on red fist and then when they look he's holding on to his brother but then his brother looks up like from like basically about to fall off and he he realizes like actually alexis isn't holding on because his hand is all screwed up as actually his brother Mm. and he realizes if he holds on any longer he's gonna basically drag him down with him so his brother actually lets go it's like oh no very sad holy yeah um it's worth pointing out as well these two are chunk they are massive even for like normal guys so when alexis became a space marine he became thick i mean you, you <laughs> might have seen the artwork of him on um what's the planet called uh sofa and he's just got like this massive power fist and he's like he's like he's like rotund almost he's like circular uh i like i like mama reed's rotund he is and circular dense. and dense and thick and he is like he's like pre-tiberos the red wake like massive dude oh wow yes yeah, and it's cool it's built like um, a barrel but there's that bit. I, I don't know if you're going to mention it, the bit, the bit with Gilliman yet, Andy, about the height stuff. Go for it. I don't know if you wanted to. Oh, Gilliman said he was unnerved by Pollock <laughs> because he's the only space marine who looked him in the eye at <laughs> eye level. What's so that? it's like really like he's, he's just like Dawn. Yeah, so what have you been with... feeding him? <laughs> po- Pollock had to have custom armor That's made awesome. a lot of the time because he didn't fit into regular space Richard. marine armor. Absolutely ginormous space marine. It's, it's always interesting. There's like a few of massive... There's like him, there's Arjak Rockfist, there's Tybros the Red Wake, and there's just like... We just like occasionally a chunky boy, and they're good <laughs> fun in the lore. Um, but yeah, Chunky Boy uh, was really well respected by Rogel Dawn. He was one of his most like dependable confidants as a captain of the Legion. And because of this... When Horus did the big heresy, um, Rogaldorn was like... The big, the, the naughty big He did heresy. the naughty big heresy. Rogaldorn was like, this is bullshit. Right, I'm going to send like a good third of the Legion over to Istvan and we're going to like punch his face in and we'll be, we'll be done with it straight away. He's barely reeling from killing his own men. We'll sort him out. So he sends a retribution fleet. And originally he goes, Sigismund, can you lead the fleet? And Sigismund's going through his own thing and he's like... <laughs> and so he stays on terror and Pollux goes under the command of uh, Captain Yonad. Now, bear in mind a third of the Legion is like, I think it's something like 30,000. I think it's 30,000 Astartes are sent to just beat up the, the traitors while they're weak. Um, and they traverse through the warp. And unfortunately, at this point, they don't really know the warp is full of demons and stuff. And the chaos powers just completely ruin their trip they mm. they get out of the warp and they've lost a good chunk they've lost like thousands of men already some of their ships are torn apart some of them are scattered about and captain yonad is dead so alexis okay. is like oh shit oh, okay 
well i i was his, he was my mentor he was like the one who taught me pretty much most of my current day skills as a naval tactician i guess i'm i'm in charge Blah. and the other Aristides are like oh he's not the oldest he's like a bit young but they go okay but he's well trusted by dawn we'll let him lead our men so for a few months he's just you know assembling the fleet making sure it's it's going well and he's like we're not going to go to istvan if we go to istvan now we're just going to get dashed against the rocks we need to be smart about this let's fortify the file system we're in uh we'll, we'll we'll make sure we got all the resources from our broken up fleet and then when we're ready we'll go out and we'll attack and a lot of his advisors were like no you're a pussy go and fight horses he's like no 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 I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna defend and so he sent like lots of the the ship contingents to like do drills he like he said, we're not just going to take a holiday. We're going to drill. We're going to practice. We're going to make sure we are an absolute like mechanized cog of a machine where every moving part works exactly as it should because we're going to practice every single day for several months. And it's a good thing he did because uh, there's there's a guy called Perturabo. Might have heard of him. He's a Primarch of the Fourth Legion, the Iron Big Warriors. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Siege. 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 Fortify. Siege. Fortify. Yeah. Um, people in the chat <laughs> need to put Siege Fortify. Siege Fortify. Let's go. Um, well, here's the thing. Horus was like, oh, I know they're on the way. Perty, you haven't taken any losses. Um, before Istvan V, could you send, like, like, could you go and, like, sort out the, uh, the Imperial Fist? We know you've got a chip on your shoulder against the Yellow Boys. Go and get them. So Perturabo personally leads a fleet to Fal, and he's he's on his massive Gloriana class ship, and he's got all these vessels, and they attack the Imperial Fist, and at first it's not going well. Alexis is like, "What the deuce?" And all their like <laughs> ships are getting broken. And he's having a bad time, but he's like, "Remember your tra-. he does that like meme like remember your training," <laughs> and then all the Imperial Fists are like, "Okay, okay, okay, fortify, fortify, fortify." They like all the comms are just saying fortify, 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 and then there's one I'm working. Siege. It's like, no, fortify, bitch. <laughs> and basically, somehow, Alexis Pollux repels a Primarch from the file system. Oh, he man. goes, Perty, up your game, skill issue. Um, we were ready for you. We're going to kick you out now. Um, he was an absolute unit, but he was also an absolute genius when it came to naval warfare. Um, and his planning was was the saving. Like Everyone goes about, like, Rabute's skill was logistics. Pollux, it was being well prepared, doing his revision, making his homework, making sure his homeworks are in on time and no late fees. It's like, yeah, good lad. Um, <laughs> it's a weird discrepancy part, isn't it? <laughs> in terms of like, no, as in the, not as in the law's wrong, but in terms of the traitors, what they believe should be happening, mm. like the scrying mm. and the fates, because technically Sigismund should have been there. Mm. That was the whole um, original like thread of fate, like something changed fate. So Sigismund wasn't there. So when Perturabo was sending his fleet, he's like, oh, I know Sigismund. He's like all out attack. So when he, they designed their attack, like Perturabo's attack to this um, Imperial Fist fleet, um, it was all designed around that move. So when he came to a fortified position in a defensive formation, it was like, a, oh, this isn't normal. <laughs> So there was Perturabo was confused, like where's Sigismund? Like Sigismund's not here. Like what? The authors where's love Sigismund? to do Perturabo dirty, dude. This and Talarn, <laughs> like come on, oh, give, give was, him yeah, one win, please. Don't, don't. He does have a win. He beats Angron, <sighs> like a demon. Angron. Iron Cage makes up for it, kind of. And I he guess, beats but... up Fulgrim then... once. Careful, you're gonna make ever. Eli upset. He's gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Fulgrim, Fulgrim's great. Man. <laughs> 
I mean, you got like Lehman Russ that one time. You got Fulcrum's one of the knife. few Primarchs that has a kill count though, in terms yeah. of other yeah. Primarchs. Fulcrum's awesome. What do you mean? He beats uh, mm. he beat mm. Ferris Manus and, and Gilliman. He actually he, technically killed Gilliman. He killed Gilliman. He, he kill beat Rogel Dorn in theory because Rogel Dorn said he was going to lose. Even Fulgrim just left though because the writers <laughs> couldn't have him doing something cool. He did big betray yeah, against awesome. Lorgar. He was like, hey, screw you. I like Horus. He's like, oh, I wanted to be Warmaster. Fulgrim um, has his moments. Yeah. He's better than Mortarian. Like, come on. Mortarian <laughs> does nothing but take L's the entire heresy. Yeah. And he stinks. And then gets his, <laughs> then gets a name carved on his yeah, heart by yeah, some yeah. guy who's not even a grandmaster yet. He likes tangerines. I love, yeah. I love Drager. <laughs> I love the gods. Uh, but anyway, uh, back with Pollux. <laughs> um, so with the the file system repelling the traitors, Alexis is like, right, we're definitely not going to his far now. There's no point. We've already taken losses, and we've repelled the Iron Warriors. Let's go back to Holy Terror. So they try to go back to Terra to reinforce the the throne world under orders from Rogel Dawn because he says, "Oi, get your ass back here. We need you." Um, but oh wait, I thought I thought Perturabo won. Well, it's the... it's like Rogel Dawn's like, "You need to get back to Holy Terra," and Perturabo oh, was like, ah, "That was I'll get you." Yeah. It's like they were they really the, win. The fists were winning. They were win. No, they in the end of the book. They're about to like Perturabo's losing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the call from Dawn breaches the yeah. warp, like, everyone get back to Terra. And then immediately Pollux does that dumb thing where it's like, we have the order is absolute. Mm. So even though they're winning, they start yeah, to retreat. Yeah, they retreat. And then the Iron Warriors and are they like, take loads of losses. Huh? And they're like, but we were losing. Why did. And then, but then. Yeah, it just felt Pardarabo weird. Being Pardarabo, I was like, well, I won that one. It's like, oh, you're the worst, Pardarabo. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. It's like when you're oh, on the uh, on the tube or a train or something, and <laughs> someone just starts talking really loud on their phone. That's a bit like the same vibe. <laughs> like it's like I can hear everything. Oh, so yeah. awkward. Oh god. <laughs> so so yeah. Like quote the Iron Warriors won, but they didn't really because they were like skill issue. We're out. Peace. And then the Imperial Fist left. Um, so they try to get back to Terra, but unfortunately, more warp shenanigans. They can't get to Holy Terra, so they go to the next best place, which is McCrag. And upon arriving at McCrag, they realize, oh, there's like, there's some weird stuff going on here. The Ultramarines are, you know, meeting up with the Dark Angels and the Blood Angels. And there's like some weird, there's like a couple of white scars and space wolves. Oh, this is weird. Oh, and, and Iron and Hands, Iron, my beloved. Iron hand don't forget. Philip. And like, yeah, Ooh, they're like, Yo, uh, yeah. Sorry, Connor, <laughs> where's your video on Iron Hands yet? Huh? <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Why have you not talked about my Wait, beloved what? Iron Hands yet <laughs> on your channel? He has. We need. But, oh, we have. Oh, I missed that one. Damn he it. has. He's done all the. Oh, yeah. I embarrassing. watched it. Embarrassing. Yeah, oh, no. I'm embarrassed now because I was. Your I was uh, enjoying your signs. Signs of the Emperor. Oh. One two. Because like, they cool. need more cool. love. I those love boys. me, Gene Steelers. Yeah. Wait a I, second. People just talk about Iron Hands, please. <laughs> <laughs> There's more you, you, Iron Hands. You have to be the man, Hallie. You have to be the champion. I know. I, I've made Sorry, some Iron Hands in the last month, like one or two. <laughs> They're there. I'm derailing. Sorry, continue, I mean, Andy. Before I continue, <laughs> I will say I've done a fair bit of Iron Hand stuff, but I am running low on Iron Hand stuff now. Like, there <laughs> is nothing dead. left. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> oh, pain. Yeah, really. actually, very oh. real. Yeah. They need it's, more it's love because the they can be really. The, cool. the trifecta is uh, Salamanders, Raven Guard, and Iron Hands. Is like there's not all that much left to talk about. It's <laughs> Even the White like Scars have them more. died. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, Sad. so so they get to McCrag and they're like, oh, there's some Imperium Secundus down in here. This is interesting, <laughs> and basically 
being the logistics master he is, Rabute is like, hmm, Imperial Fists, they're good at sandcastles. Right. Uh, Pollux, <laughs> come here. Um, I've got this project in the works. Now, don't be upset. I know you've just been fighting the Iron Warriors, uh, but I've got this guy in charge of it. And his name is Barabbas, and he he he's kind of an iron warrior. Don't don't freak out. Don't freak out. He's he's a chill dude. He doesn't like his dad. He's run away from home, and uh, he's a good boy. Now he's over on this planet called uh, Sofa, all the way over there in the galaxy. And somehow he's found this device called the Pharos device. He's communicating with us, and it's really cool. We can basically communicate with it, but also there's possibly the potential we can start like teleporting materials and i don't need to tell you you've just been through the ruin storm it's really hard to get to holy terror if we can use this properly it won't be a problem with supply lines we can just get stuff transported to us in a you know click of your fingers and everything will be lovely and he's like oh i don't like iron words i know you don't like iron words. just calm down just chill daddy chill he said while looking daddy into chill. his eyes at height at the same height level and feeling unknown um it's also a second astronomicon. Mm, yeah, so and it's it's, it's, it's also a beacon Ooh. for people to find McCrag, which is good. And which is why, it's... which is why so many uh, loyalists from various uh, legions were like, "Oh, McCrag! Oh, they've got champagne! Nice!" And that's how loads of them managed to get there uh, in such an eclectic bunch. Um, but basically, he's like, "Fine, I'll work with the smelly iron warrior." And he he starts working with Barabbas, and he actually turns out to be a really nice chap. Um, those of you who don't know, Barabbas Dantioch was an iron warsmith or Warsmith of the Iron Warriors, who defected from the Iron Warriors because he's a Chad. Um, he he blew up hit the Shardenhold where he was stationed. He survived fighting the Harad species and was like aged several thousand, I think it's like 3,000 years. Um, I did a video mentioning him on Arthur Bones' channel. Check that out. And um, yeah, so after a while, they, they're communicating through you know the device and uh, they're starting to figure it out. But as they're working on it, um, Conrad Kurz of the uh, Night Lords happens to arrive at McCrag aboard the Dark Angel's flagship, and he gets let loose upon McCrag, which is bad. Um, and at this point, Barabbas is on sofa, and Alexis is on McCrag. And at one point, Alexis is in his little study room, and Conrad goes... Just like a weird like bleh noise and make he's like oh I'm scary and then Alexis is like oh no Primark and he tries to fight him it doesn't go very well and then Barabbas is like all right what's what we've we got to lose I'm gonna try and like do a really dangerous thing with this device and see if I can transport you to me and he manages it he actually like kind of goes like scoop huh. and he scoops Alexis from McCrag and then all of a sudden he's in the same chamber as Barabbas and he's like what the fuck he's like oh don't worry about it. <laughs> magic it's like ancient necron space magic it's good fun um it's the oldest magic it's the power of friendship <laughs> the power of oh, friendship joking. literally <laughs> that's how it works the power of friendship actually is the reason why unlikely friends from different <laughs> regions grow a bond of friendship that'll stand the yeah. test of time you know, it's that kind of thing so okay epic. it's not broke back mountain <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the buddy. Oh, what's the mountain on the um, Rin's World one called again? It's like uh, Hell, Hell, um, oh, uh, Hellblade Mounds. Yeah, broke back Hellblade. 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 <laughs> broke back oh, sofa. Right. Broke back Hellblade. Broke back sofa. That sounds. <sighs> anyway, yeah. um, and, and, and yeah, <laughs> sorry, so <laughs> their bond of friendship continues to grow with close proximity and they become even better friends and there's like they're having wine and they're having a laugh and they're going you know that per rubber he's a right wanker and so like, yeah i know i was his son lads 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 and then 
Uh, unfortunately, Night Lords again, different Night Lords, uh, they invade Sofa to try and steal the Pharos device. And there's a few Ultramarines stationed there because Gilliman was like, this is important. I'm sending some Ultramarines to back up the Imperial Fists. So Alexis leads the Imperial Fists. Ultramarines are uh, doing their thing. And Dantioch is there as well. And unfortunately, they managed to make their way all the way up the mountain to the device. And to prevent it falling into Night Lord's hands, Barabus blows it up. And in doing so, accidentally sends like a big flashlight beacon, like, like, hey, dinner time message to the Tyranids. Uh, for 10,000 years later, they're going to get to where they saw that big bright light and go, oh, this is quite a nice tasty area. Yum, yum, yum. Um, but he does succeed in getting rid of the Night Lords. The Pharos device is blown up, can't be used. And uh, Barabbas dies in Alexis Pollux's arms, which is very sad. Sad. I had that commissioned as artwork. I'm gonna. You did. That. I'm gonna put it on screen now. Because, it's real uh, nice. I will. That's uh, <laughs> it was one of the first art commissions I ever did uh, for Warhammer, and I because we we just needed that moment in the lore to be uh, visualized because it's. I think it's the, is it the first time a Space Marine cries? I think. Oh I think it's the man, first time that I, hits. What the heck? I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Because because Pollux, Alexis Pollux, and Dantiok. Like Pollux hated him in the beginning because <laughs> mm. obviously he's Nine Warrior, but then they became really good friends over the years oh, in Imperium Secundus, and then he's like, I think, um, so I don't, I don't want to take it away, Andy, if you want to. No, you can keep going. That death. Oh well, uh, it's. I mean, Barabbas essentially was tricking the Night Lords with a device, being like, "This is how we use it," and then he looked over to Alexis, who was like held captive, and he's like, "Sorry, bro," and then he like basically self destructed it and let himself yeah. be. Uh, let himself die and then he sort of dies it's a uh, barabas danto as well had like a metal plate slash mask yeah. like pinned to his actual skull mm -hmm. so uh pollux had never even seen his real face until oh. he basically died Dang. and then like the mask was broken and he's and then, really old as well he's like oh you're so old yeah it's like you're so old like, oh you smell like old people but um no, it's, it's, he's like, Pollux is like holding him like after the battle is done. And then he actually starts like crying, like, Barabbas, Barabbas. Yeah. And he's like super upset. And then when Gilliman does eventually arrive, like later, and they clean up the Night Lords, it was said like um, Pollux wouldn't let anyone touch Barabbas. Mm. Like he held on to him yeah. for hours just sitting there. And holding someone him. put a blanket and on then... him because they were like, he's not moving. We'll just put this blanket on him and leave him to it. <laughs> And then he has like a proper funeral though. Like, yeah. it's a, I think it's one of the first and, time they actually have a funeral. And he is the first to start. He's to be called Hero of the Imperium. Mm. Dang, it's making me yeah. emotional. Yeah, it's what really sad. Heck? No, it's a really, it's a very good um, moment. It's a uh, pretty, it's, it's very well written in terms of like 30k stuff. Just because mm. it's one that's like, oh, actual space marines are human. So it's very enjoyable. Dang. And with Ooh. that done, uh, pretty much that's the last notable thing Pollux does during the Horus Heresy. But he does survive. And with the uh, the Legion's break up into chapters, Alexis Pollux would be installed as the first captain, or the first captain, the first chapter master of the second founding Crimson Fist chapter. Uh, their namesake derived from his own mangled, severed hand of legend. and Because I believe he had a robotic hand for most of it, Oh, he? he had it. In the Battle of Fall, oh, it's like cloned, it isn't it? It's right like, at the it's like end, bio cloned, and it's got like a red tinge. And they're like, his hands weird because he 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 um he was told to let it 
set and basically <laughs> it, was, it was like a fully grown human mm. hand which is like apparently it's quite expensive so most people do bionics but he had it properly done but he basically the battle had come so he didn't have enough time to like let it set so he was always always um from then on basically stuck with like a sort of red mangle well, not mangle but like it was like discolored red mm. fist a crimson fist if you will cool. yeah uh, so that's how the uh, kind of name came out like your hand looks like a straw yeah, but he's like no it yeah. doesn't leave me alone um <laughs> uh, <and laughs> yeah for real <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah 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 considering wouldn't be given. <laughs> i mean the man's got a power fist with an understone melt again <laughs> you know look up into my eyes not, like, not down there say that to my face <laughs> no no up here <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, um, and for 800 years, Alexis Pollux would lead the Crimson Fist chapter, which is a pretty good run. Um, unfortunately, he's like poisoned by a Xenos weapon, and he has a really horrible death where he's just slowly off dying off screen. And then he's like, he's like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, this is terrible. But in his last moments, he basically like makes steps to to he, he basically writes a will for the Crimson Fist, like, do this, don't do this. Be nice to girls. Hold open doors for them. <laughs> don't <laughs> cheat. Don't steal. Dying. You know, it's like, okay, dad. Uh... Yeah. Um, and his near mythical status would earn him the title of the great father by his chapter. And that's how he's known as by, uh, by the descendants of the Crimson Fists. And uh, that's basically Alexis Pollux. Has anyone got any questions? I want to say a cool statement about how in not, we didn't just get the Crimson Fists from Sotha in the we also got the size of the emperor as a successor mm. chapter from mm-hmm. that same novel too so that was a good old because oh there's, there's another one as well is silver, it the silver helms because i know the, silver skull, the size of the emperor uh, their their captain was like an ultramarines captain and he was like oh and he was like uh installed as was he already known as the side of the like there's like a connection thing it was like oh he was just like that was his thing. There was, was thing. the people they, on the yeah, planet were well known for using scythes. Yeah. And um, yeah. Oh, sorry, do, do you know uh, Connor about the uh, any of the origins of the uh, size of the emperor? Oh my god, I almost, I almost flubbed that. Yes, I actually uh, just did a video on them recently. They're <laughs> such a weird. You can go chapter. into them for a bit if you want. We, um, people love them. <laughs> we need, they need some love. Fair. It's like. If I if I had a nickel for every time there was a chapter that was inspired by thematically but not actually related to in any way, shape, or form of the Iron Warriors, I would have two <laughs> nickels. Which is weird that that happened twice, and it's not a lot, but because <laughs> like Silver Skulls had, I I did the absolutely nothing. They had nothing to do with the Iron Warriors. It was just an accident that they ended up like that because they were headhunters. They liked dipping the skulls of the people that they got in silver, and that became the logo of their chapter, and it just for some reason ended up looking like the Iron Warriors logo. But um, I'm hearing you talk about like the... um, like like Sotha and like the Pharaoh's device, and I just finished like Belisarius' Mm. call the great work. (laughs) I am twitching (laughs) because... I'm like it's like going through like Lord of the Rings and you get to that scene where Viggo Mortensen I'm like don't say it don't say it was a neck it was a neck did you guys know it was a Necron device yeah yeah there was like 16 katan shards down there but um, yeah 
the the size of the emperor they were a small mm. company of space marines that were put on sotha afterwards to guard it uh because it was an angry world that's where the name sides of the emperor came from they weren't even in i think first founding but they were there they were like stationed there after like or before the second founding it's yeah. just like, eventually, like we need just, to like, like have a force to defend what's left of this um, really important thing you'll do oh you're now a chapter oh cool do we get to paint our own yeah. armor yes cool i like this one <laughs> i like this scheme get barry get the paint pots out let's try some weird stuff okay <laughs> i'm just realizing their armor is actually yeah. kind of a mix of what would be mm. iron warrior black and, and yellow um yeah black and yellow uh, imperial well, like hazard strike didn't really put that together Oh, I didn't, I didn't put that yeah. together until now. That's quite the more you know. Um, yeah, uh, but otherwise, um, shall we delve into the, the chapter overall on what their deal is? Yeah, let's do it. Heck yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So we all know that they're a uh, second founding of the Imperial Fist chapter. Um, they are typified by being very heroic, stubborn, and generally, like, good all-rounders. Like, everyone's just like, oh, they're just like a good bunch of lads. They don't have any particular flaws. They're not mean to people. They don't kick children. They're actually quite good. They're, they're not Salamander's levels of, like, nice. But they are, like, oh, like I, I, what's, the, what's the term? They, they're like Boy Scouts in a lot of ways. Like, they're just good lads who are good boys, and they do good things because it's for good sake. You know, this boring. Yeah, but they're, they're fun. They're fun. Uh, so they're, they're a very safe chapter, I would say. Um mm. I just realized, is that because Pollux obviously knew Gilliman? So that's why they were so codex compliant. Maybe. Because he actually oh, yeah, trusted Gilliman's combinations of things. And, he, and he also fought alongside the Ultramarines on Sofa. So that might. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I had not put this all together until right now. We're working it cool. out as we go. Um, <laughs> but uh, the by, by, by dint of them being a fleet based chapter, well, well, think of it this way. Originally, the chapter was fleet based, and they're. Their primogenitor, uh, Alexis Pollux, was already a naval genius. So it makes sense they'd be really good in like a fleet-based setting. Um, but over time, it was decided, oh, they're so good at being good boys, we're going to give them a planet because they deserve it. They've done a good job. I think it's about time they had a planet. And they're like, cool, we get a home. We get somewhere to live. <laughs> I get a bunk bed that's not in space. It's like, cool, good for you guys. Um and so they would be gifted the planet known as Rin's World, named after Rin, I guess, uh, because it's Rin's World. And um, they also got <laughs> like a the, class. Sorry? Here's the interstellar scene of him banging on the walls, telling them not to go. <laughs> <laughs> um but the the thing is, this is this uh, this planet is within the Loki sector. Again, mm, foreboding title for a sector. But there's also a bunch of other worlds around it. And since they've transitioned from a fleet base to a planet based chapter, they've now they have the proclivity to get recruits wherever they can because of their time as a fleet. So they actually draw from a bunch of planets. But they don't actually like to draw from Rin's world in particular, even though it's their home world. They prefer a planet called Blackwater. And Blackwater is interesting because its inhabitants are like, it's like a feral world. Its inhabitants are really ferocious and athletic warriors. And they're kind of like, dude, look at that one. That one's ripped. Yeah, we should make him into a star. That'd be cool. And um, even though they're kind of like barbaric in nature, um, Imperial Fists, generally speaking, I find in their successors, have a tendency to be like, let's polish that rough diamond into a mirror sheen. They'll be like, 
Imperial Fists. Oh, let's go to Necromunda. We can make some of them into yeah, that's uh, a, yeah. into Imperial Fists. Executions like we like cutting people's heads off. We're kind of barbaric <laughs> as it is. Cool. Yeah, you're in. Um, so you can't mention Necromunda without that. It's not really super related, but <laughs> the Imperial Fist slash Sons of Horrors bit where the uh, the Lunar sorry the Sons of Horrors guy goes. This is like in a book in the Heresy. He goes, oh, you guys, you Imperial Fist wouldn't understand. I was raised in a world like this, you know, Cthonia crime mm. world. And the guy, the Imperial Fist goes, oh, yeah, I do. I'm from, I'm from Necromunda, baby. And then the Sons of Forest Let's guy goes, go. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeesh. Um, go I for have it. a fun little lore yeah, go that I want to give that. When I was reading Rin's World, I feel like this is something that no one talks about, but someone should bring up because it was single-handedly a, the weirdest sentence I have ever read in a 40k book that was brushed aside like it was fucking nothing. Um, and I don't know. Sorry if Andy was going to bring this up, but um, yeah, apparently one of the chapter masters of the Crimson Fist was going to implement a fucking what? breeding yeah. program. No, he did what? implement a breeding program. Crazy. Yeah. It... <laughs> He was going to get people who failed as Crimson Fist aspirants, didn't get like destroyed physically and have to be made into a servitor, and then just like like a child with two monster <laughs> truck toys, <laughs> smash them together with another person who has like nice. a good bone structure and good genetics, and see what came out. And apparently, Dang, it just was yeah. a resounding it's failure. It's not just a chaos lad to get to win. That fucking. I could, for the first half of Rin's World, once they just threw that out there like it was nothing, I was like, did Alessio come from the breeding program? Did that Pedro? is odd. Well, uh, how do I miss that? I've read that. How do I miss that bit? It, it, it's like first, Dang. maybe second chapter when they're getting, Whack. like they're having a meeting, the Arx Tyrannus, they're just like, oh, it's the ceremony time. And they're just like, oh, yes, here's the statues of all the all the prior chapter masters. Oh, here's the 14th chapter master. Did you know he wanted to make <laughs> He was known like, as Hornius oh. Maximus. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> yeah, it was so weird that they're like, oh, this We're is just going to brush thing. over like, that, are we? We're just going to leave that? There's okay. a lot going on here. Wow. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I've just been yeah, reading uh, the Book of Martyrs, and I found one of the planets in it is called Metallica. I'm like, right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with yeah, this. Yeah, it's a it's a Forge World, right? Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, uh, overall, the chapter has some weird customs, like breeding. Um, so, for example, um, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> weird. Yeah. It's weird man um you guys get them laid that's weird um, <laughs> heavy breath um but like like arthur said earlier a little bit um for example when the uh, aspirants of the chapter become scout marines uh they must undertake the steeping which is uh they on black water predominantly they slay something called a barb dragon and then they plunge their fist into its guts until it's like their left fist until it's like all bloody and then they raise up their bloodied fist as like a mark of yeah, I did it, bro. I'm a crimson fist. And now they're allowed to wear the the red fist on their left hand as an Astartes, which mm. is pretty cool. Um, veterans of the chapter have two crimson fist gauntlets, so only the first company are allowed to have both, which is like a cool thing. Um, and the other thing about you mentioned failed aspirants, all the failed aspirants who don't become Astartes 
uncharacteristically, unlike a lot of chapters, they're actually quite well respected and they're known as the chosen by the chapter and they're made into chapter serfs. So they're not made into servitors necessarily, but they'll be like, um, I mean, how you, you'll, you'll know, like people like, for example, uh, Nathaniel Garrow had his Huskarl, uh, Caleb Aaron. It's like, it's a ceremonial position. Mm. You carry his sword, you do good stuff. And it's like, yeah, they have a similar thing where it's like, you're not like us but you did a good job so you can polish my gun. It's like, cool, that's nice. Um, nice. They're still part of the chapter. Yeah, they're not left behind. They're not like, it's not like the Iron that's Hands cool. is like, failure put into the mind blender. Like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy. Uh, but other than that, um, they're they're very level-headed and pious souls uh, and they adhere very closely to the Codex Astartes. They revere the Emperor, they revere Rogaldorn and of course the Great Father, Alexis Pollux. They're very good at adapting to battle. So that unlike the Ultramarines, whose kind of floor is, they adhere so strictly to the uh, to the Codex. They're they're kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do when it doesn't work. The uh, the Crimson Fists are like, oh, this isn't working. Adapt, improve, overcome. They are bare grills, <laughs> and um, they 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 kind of have like a nice blend. Oh no, they have a nice blend <laughs> of Ultramarines and <laughs> Imperial Fists doctrine. So they are very good at defending but they're also very good at being ultramarines, so they're kind of a weird mix. Um, hmm. Here's a fun fact. They used to have an Emperor's Champion position within the chapter, like the Black oh, Templars. Cool. They had a set of armor just for the Emperor's Champion, who, like the Black Templars, is given a vision of, like, you're going to go kill this dude. Um, but with a particular incident that Arthur will talk about later, um, they lost the armor, and now there aren't any Emperor's Champions, uh, which is a shame. Um oh. I kind of like the idea of the artwork of an Emperor's Champion in Crimson Fist colours, but... Yeah, be cool. Oh, well, we don't get that anymore because no not a la- no fun allowed, said the law writers. Um, <laughs> they're really good at fighting Xenos, particularly Orcs. They're, that's their thing. If you want an Orc dead, you send in the Crimson Fist because they, they hate the Orcs. <laughs> they hate the Orcs. Yeah, if I had a nickel... If I had a nickel oh. for every time an Imperial Fist <laughs> fought an Orc... <laughs> <laughs> I'd, own, I'd have a lot of nickels. Um, so yeah, it's it's like they're really good at fighting. The beast <laughs> certainly be a rising. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically Crimson Fist the the entire series. Um, Not because um, Imperial. Fist yeah, every the artwork is them fighting Greenskins. So yeah, pretty much. Um, but the thing is, um, because of this fact, they're very, 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 very favored by the Ordos, uh, the Chamber Militants of the Ordos Enos, the de- the Death Watch, to the point where other. Um, Astartes seconded to the Death Watch don't like the Crimson Fists because they get special treatment. Um, <laughs> there are records of as much as a quarter of many kill teams being just Crimson Fists because the Death Watch are like, they're really good at killing orcs. Like, no, 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 seriously, they're really good. And so they like get special treat. I like that. It's just like, we treat them like as our favorites because they're so good at it. And you're like, oh. <laughs> And then all the other kill teams like get you get like a blood angel. Like, bullshit! I don't want to fight. <laughs> they get all the cool guns and he got a cool ribbon the other day. I don't like it. Um, and uh, yeah, I like to um, all successors of the Imperial Fist. They do have a few flaws. They can't spit acid. Big big F. Um, I'm sure we'd like to do that. That'd be quite fun. Uh, they can't do that. Their gene seeds uh, messed up in that regard. They also can't hibernate. So. I don't think it's REM sleep specific, but you know, like space means can kind of just like do the Skyrim thing where it goes, wait 24 hours, yeah. but instead of hours, it's years and they're fine. They can't <laughs> do that, which is a bit of a shame. And so they're, they're not easy to deploy in like far off campaigns. 
uh, because, yeah, they have a faulty Betcher's gland and a faulty Susan mm. membrane. Um, they also bear the curse of their Primarch, a lot like other Imperial Fists, where they are so stubborn, they routinely get into last stands. Uh, they they hate running from battle, and as the curse progresses, they refuse to retreat, even in the face of death, and they will take on any suicidal battle in the name of pride, gladly giving their lives uh, for the privilege. Now, I do have um, a quote I've got a couple of quotes today. Uh, I'm just mm-hmm. seeing who I could send this to. Uh, let's try this. There we go. So oh, now who would there, like yeah. to read this between Eli and Hal? I can go first if you go want. Go for it. Sure. <clears throat> this won't be very special. Apologies, boys. <clears throat> We've survived the Greenskins invasion of our world. We've survived the fall of the Ark's Tyrannus. We've survived the death of so many of our brothers. The greenskins before us are not a threat, but an opportunity for vengeance, an opportunity for glory, an opportunity to show the universe that the Crimson Fists still live for the Primarch, for the Emperor, for the Crimson Fists. And that's our boy uh, Pedro Cantor. So I got got more into it (laughs) as it went on. (laughs) I love it. Um, So yeah. They don't like running from battle. They're like, no, that's for wimps. We like fighting until we die because that's how men fight. And that's kind of the epic curse. Mm, Yeah. Um, But other than that, that's basically what I wanted to talk about before um, the big oopsie in particular, which I believe after we'll be covering. So before we move on to that, have we got any questions? I don't think I've got any. Uh, I'm um, I'm ready for more. Uh, Crimson Fist in. Right, well, <laughs> Sorry, well, I didn't please. mean to come out like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not my fault. It's, that's just their name. <laughs> you can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> I'm about to bring up feet pics again, oh my I gosh. swear. <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out <laughs> of here. Yeah, we're two for two <sighs> oh, on this God. one. So, <laughs> sure, um, so, uh, so, Connor, would you like to talk about the Rin that happened on Rin's world in the Rin sector of Rin's space by Mr. Rin? It's very iron, iron hands, iron hands, iron hands, iron hands, iron hands, oh, you mean Ferris Manus, the chapter yeah, master being Ferris Manus, which is iron hands, iron who has iron hands. hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, yeah, Rin's world, wonderful place, absolutely beautiful land with a very stable population uh, until a certain character showed up. Uh, in the sector by the name of Snagrod, I believe, if I'm remembering Mm -hmm. that correctly, which I had him confused the entire book for a different orc that I knew a lot about, and that was Zodgrod. Much ado about nothing, but it's really funny to imagine him being that orc because that orc looks like it's a meth. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the guy with the long, flowing, bright blue dreadlocks <laughs> with the obsession f- with goblins. Oh my god, it's awesome! <laughs> yeah, I love Zodgrod. Yeah, <laughs> but no, Snagrod is not Zodgrod. Zodgrod is the wart snaga. This guy is the arch arsonist. A bit of a difference in title. Um, basically, they came to the Rin sector, which is probably yeah, the, the Loki sector. sector. I'm pretty sure it's called the Loki sector. Um, and they took over several different planets that were in that. And by takeover, I mean com- 
completely fuck. Just burn it to the yeah. ground. I think there was like a bit where the crimson fist were like, "Oh, we'll just put down these." Like, oh, that's a lot. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. Back, back up, back up. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, the invasion was <laughs> yeah, so yeah. funny. Uh, okay, funny and like a funny because I'm a, a sardonic <laughs> piece of shit who thinks everything's funny, but. The Crimson Fists, to go back on what Andy was saying, that like, yeah, they are very, very stoic. They're like, yes, we have time to prepare. How long until they're going to show up? Uh, like 14 days at the highest. It's like, cool, because the tides and the warp are super, super bad. And Snagrod made an announcement. was like, hey, I'm, I'm And they're like, ah, <laughs> fuck, he's coming. So um, he ended up, they ended up preparing and they're like, oh, cool. Tides of the warp are going to clear up, and by the time they clear up, we should have like perfect fortifications. No, uh, Snagrod is absolutely (laughs) batshit insane, even for an orc. So he just went through the warp during like a horrible warp (laughs) storm. Half his fleet was probably destroyed, but he ended up like five kilometers away from like the atmosphere of the planet. And Pedro Cantor was like, we have 24 <laughs> hours before they it get here. It kind of reminds here. me of like, imagine, you know, like um, in Star Wars, they do light, light speed travel. It's like, imagine if a Death Star was just like, we're coming to Earth. And it's like, we if we if we like use fast travel and we're, and we're just going to do it manually and we're a second late, we're just going to smash through the planet. It's like <laughs> the guy on the helm's being like, go on, I'm going to do it. And he's like, light speed. <laughs> and then he's just like, and now and he's like an inch from the surface without cla- it's like that's kind of the maneuver he did and they're like holy hell how did he do that it's like because yeah. he's mental that's why yeah are you telling me he didn't do an episode yeah. eight a whole maneuver fleet no, in no, one no, no. what do you mean that's clearly the best star wars oh, film ever uh, made yeah, all right. <sighs> enough enough jokes enough memes <laughs> yeah Sorry, enough, enough about that oh too much too painful but yeah, so basically, Orc Fleet was set to fuck it, we ball in all of their ships. Uh, most of them were destroyed. Uh, I would assume, and they never really mentioned how many orcs were destroyed because so many showed up that it it essentially was like cause for alert because this is one of the biggest orc was that had ever appeared. Which again, for if I had a nickel for every time an Imperial Fist successor said this is the biggest orc was that's ever been in the sector a lot of nickels um but he ended up going to ground burning a lot of the uh, surface of rin's world the many different um uh keeps and like not keeps like, cities that were um there were like under siege but they're being protected uh the crimson fist had a pretty solid plan uh they divided their uh marines up to be in Nurin City, which is like the major city of Rin, you know, Rin's world, because naming is hard, <laughs> I guess. Um, so they put, I think, 400 Marines there, roughly speaking, and kept 600 Marines in the Arcs Tyrannus, including Pedro Cantor, Alessio Cortez, and a few other captains and so on were in like Nurin City. They had void shields up and they were taking massive amounts of fire. Uh, and they were like, okay, once the orcs run out of ammunition, I think. They are going to take a break and we are going to break the siege, go out, do our own thing. So that happened. Orc stops firing and the space Marines are like, yeah, fire the nukes. And this is why, this is why you double, triple and quadruple check when you're firing nukes. Because where was health inspector um, (laughs) when you needed him? (laughs) Feels bad, man. Feels so bad. (laughs) 
uh, I like to think someone just spilled their coffee. Like, on yeah. like that scene in um, oh, the Simpsons where he just spills coffee. Like yeah. the reactor goes nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite literally that. They fired a single like 40k equivalent to like a nuke at them. And like it goes up and then immediately like <sighs> U-turns back down directly onto the Arcs Tyrannus and the Hellblade Mountains. But they even just go further to describe that because the like point of the missile was a drill because it was supposed to breach large ships, get to the center and then detonate. It drilled directly down Eesh. to where they kept the munitions, <laughs> oh which gosh, is a man. comedy of errors. <sighs> Detonated and killed. I think every single Marine in the Hellblade Mountains, except for, I think, yeah, somewhere mm-hmm. between 30 and 40. I think it was like 36 total afterwards. Yeah. So because someone made an oopsie poopsie, um, half a chapter just yeah. disappeared. I'm just imagining Michael so, Scott just like being the one who pressed the button, just having that look of like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, so it just ended up with um, uh, Alessio Cortez, Pedro Cantor, uh, and just like a bunch of extra Marines that were there. Names of which I don't think it, it, they're just like named but unnecessary yeah. Marines. Heavy the red side shirts of Marines, energy. essentially. Yes. <laughs> um, they had to get on a track because, I mean, they just blew up their entire munitions with a nuke they launched and mm. the entire planet was under And they lost their core cool Emperor's champion so, armor, which is rubbish. Man, that's so sad. <laughs> He just turned talking to the little writer who put that part in. (laughs) But I digress. Um, So their mission then was to make it to New Orleans City, fighting through orcs and what have you to get there. Uh, The remaining 400 Marines that were in New Orleans City were basically holding out as long as they possibly can because they can't win against that without a full chapter. The amount of orcs that were there is like armageddon on a bad day level amount of orcs so they're trying to wonder what the fuck happened to the hellblade mountains and the whole story basically just follows pedro cantor alessio cortez bickering like an old married couple as they are going because <laughs> that's the dynamic is like to pedro's like we need to make sure we don't make the chapter extinct and cortez is like we need to kill these idiots how dare they blow up all our stuff and it's like yeah well I want to get revenge too, but I have a responsibility as chapter master and hmm. I outrank you. It's like, oh, and they're like good mates, but it's like Pedro's more level headed hmm. and he has like, I have to make sure that like, you know, um, David, who's been like, he's he's been, he's five years from retirement. We've got to make sure he lives because it's not his fault <laughs> that we accidentally nuked our own base. It's stupid. So let's go back to new, new, new Rin City, and then we'll go to Rin, Rin Cafe, and we'll get a Rin coffee, and it'll be fine. Good stuff. <laughs> it's a definite war between some of them yeah, want a glo- yeah. some of them want a glorious last end, mm. as obviously the the dawn the curse of dawn trait within them, and then Pedro's like, but we, I don't want to be the last chapter. Yeah, I don't want to the, go um, on my watch. That'd be rubbish. <laughs> Ten thousand yeah. years, and it ends right here. Like, damn boy. Yeah, Pedro Cantor acts like a dog catcher throughout the entirety of it with like one of those like long like uh, Charles poles with like no. the loops at the end of That's it. That's another character. Man catcher. Is it man catcher? Yeah. 
the the little the thing yeah the man catcher like every time like a space marine he's like, is like come on it's <laughs> really fun he's like no Just no, no stop come stop, stop. Like, <laughs> that's fun yeah exactly um because i remember there's like a good scene i don't know if this is off on a, on a tangent but it's like to give you an idea it gives a better perspective of like alessio cortez and how like he goes against like the traditional doctrines of the crimson fist there was like a pretty fucked up scene where like an orc yeah. was just like <laughs> oh this is gonna be funny as he throws uh, a random farmer like an orc oh, the bit where he's he holding a hold civilian his. over a fire by his feet and he's like is that the one and he's like oh i'm just gonna like slowly yeah. sizzle him and then the crimson fist the is orc, in by the position. way he's like not specifies the orc yeah 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 Cortez. And, and, the, and the the crimson <laughs> fists aren't in position yet and they're like yeah. we need to wait until we're in position and they're like <laughs> we need to stop them from like mutilating this old man he's like no wait we're not in position mm. we're not and this guy's going ah and screaming because he's on fire and then they're People like now now out. now go 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 and then like yeah. he's already dead it's like yeah but we we got the orcs about a casualty and it's like yeah that poor guy's not happy about it though <laughs> <laughs> people always forget how cruel the orcs are let's see yeah everyone oh god it's just know. the goths for some Everyone's, reason they, they, there's too many memes about them i guess so everyone thinks that orcs are nice and having all this fun and stuff yeah they ignore the bits when they're eating dude. guardsmen alive and like, oh. <laughs> enslaving everything yeah yeah mm. rinsed world does it quite well where it yep. betrays the orcs from a normal civilian perspective mm-hmm. and it's like oh my god these yeah. things are ginormous muscled green and they're actually i'm not a challenge to them mm-hmm. so they're just enjoying Play, we're essentially food and they're just playing yeah. with us you know what it is just is really is terrifying. it's like that uh animation of uh meet the pyro from team fortress 2 where it's like when you look at it yeah, you're like true. that thing scares me <laughs> and then in his mind it's all like lollipops mm-hmm. and rainbows like yeah that thing's scary though <laughs> but yeah um point i was going to make because i'm i have to remind myself because i have to write things down um is that alessio cortez it's kind of revealed after that entire scene that like everybody else is like, man, Alessio Cortez is a compassionate guy when I'm like 90% certain he just did this because he because <laughs> fucked those orcs. He just didn't like those orcs because he didn't really care about any of the survivors afterwards because Pedro, Pedro Cantor was like, hey, you save them. You take hmm. care of them. <laughs> like he just brought home a puppy that he didn't really want. Hmm. Oh, poor, poor. There's, there's it, the mother and the children. So, isn't it? It's like a pretty, I mean, I won't say yep. I won't. Uh, spoiler, as in, I won't say it, but someone else is probably going to talk about it. There's a really good scene with um, Cantor and that uh, civilians coming up. You can if you want to. I don't want to, I don't mm. want to take it away from anyone because I know yeah, it's, like, it's a good opportunity to, like, the best bit of the entire book. So I don't want to necessarily take away unless. Um, do, 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 do you want me to take it or does anyone else want to have a go at it? Go for it. I am gifting it oh. to you. And if people want to stop me, that's cool. So but, like, it's, it's the scene where it. the. It's the farmer who's just been toyed with and burnt. Uh, the father died. He was the father. And the uh, mother and the children are still alive. And they end up following along sort of with the Crimson Fist group. And they are walking at Space Marine pace for a while. And they are... You can tell, like, they've the Space Marines have slowed down a little bit for them. But they've not... They're not, like, lacking, like slacking up. And they are the the poor woman is like just she's they even say like she she lasted a lot longer than they thought she would, and she goes like beyond the point of exhaustion because she's like carrying two kids and then she has two other kids walking next to her, and then eventually she just collapses, and then Cortez and Pedro are like, 
ah, you know what you have to do. And Cortez is like, you're like, oh, I know, man. And then in Cortez's mind, he thinks he has to put the civilians out of their misery because <laughs> he's, as in, because oh. like, because obviously they're a liability. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you can tell the difference between how Cortez and um, Cantor think. Mm-hmm. And then Cantor goes, no, let me do it. And then Cortez is like, oh, you shouldn't have to do that, bro. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then Cantor says, it's about time. Leans down. He's, and then he's like, the poor kids like are like, oh my God, they're scared of what he's going to do to my mum. And then he, p- he picks up the uh, civilian and says, it's about time someone carried you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, a, oh. And then and then he's like, you know, we are crimson fists. This is what we are. Yeah. doesn't matter if we die here or whatever. And then they start carrying the civilians to the next. Or he eventually you know carries the uh, mother hmm. um to the next uh rendezvous point and it's it's really it's pretty it's not as sad as the uh death of pollux so death of dantioch scene but it's definitely a tearjerker in mm-hmm. terms of if you read it um for the first time obviously spoilers here <laughs> but it's a really well-written scene because he kind of don't it's definitely until the last second left up like oh you think he's going to do like basically murk the civilian and be like oh well that was awkward um, <laughs> thing was when you were saying about that scene and the way they the difference in how they saw it it just reminded me of that scene from parks and recreations where there's the puppy and it's like ron swanson goes i was like oh we can't have the puppy in here it's like oh he's really cute it's like no take him outside and kill him no just take him as <laughs> just the way that <laughs> yeah <Cancer laughs> and uh yeah cordes are like completely different strain train of thought with that I was thinking of me, me thinking of Parks and, Parks and Rec when he um they have the pig and it's like where's the barbecue? <laughs> it's this pig. <laughs> it's like, I have a permit. The barbecue. This just says I can do what I want. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's um. I think it's probably it's one of those like really good scenes in war. I wish if I ever could cover it on my own channel that part properly because I've done a little bit before. Um, I would definitely have that artwork commission for that scene because it's one of those ones where it's like an iconic Mm. um scene from warhammer i think it would be definitely well if anyone is listening out here is an artist absolutely go for it because it's a great uh great piece great scene it's see i got a very different impression oh no i like that scene it's a good scene great different interpretations all the time yeah 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 Trust me, I like. I feel like there's like two diverging paths a person can go when they're like into space marine lore, and it's like Black <laughs> Templars or Crimson oh, definitely. Fists. It like it's like the the balancing scale. You which aesthetic you want to go for me? Like I was like a sobbing baby at oh. the end of Hell's Reach when like he was having that final meeting with Andre. So like, I guess hmm. this is the Andre moment of this book. Neat. I'm, fi- <laughs> I'm finding that one out. Um, but yeah. Um, back to it they um ended up gathering like a few other uh stragglers and survivors by murdering a bunch of random orcs that were you know in the rin yeah. forest i believe it was or just some random forest that was there i can't remember the name per se um they went through hell and back bringing some stragglers a lot of them did die just from pure exhaustion alone the people not the space marines that doesn't happen i think so they ended up making their way to Nurin City, uh, and it was Dubai, like the skin of their the, nipples. The they what? Made it. <laughs> the charges. Oh, I the skin of their nipples. I Truly know what I said. The no work of Jesus. <laughs> 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 so 
they set the charges. Uh, one of the um, psychers of the chapter, mm. Codiciers, I believe they're referred to, um, basically saw that something good <laughs> or something horrible was coming this way. So we got to keep an eye on this tunnel for whatever. So they had like heavy bolters, just as many as they can fit in the like caves looking for whatever. And thankfully, <laughs> Could it was you imagine the guilt if they gone Cortez down? And, like, and just have, go, oh, oh no, if this, if this, if this day wasn't <laughs> bad enough. Uh, oh, imagine like the conversation is like the two devastator marines look at each other and say "Say it was the orcs oh yeah say it was the orcs dog (laughs) um but they ended up making it in uh an interesting fact that i don't know if they ever elaborated on it ever or if it's ever brought up again but for some reason the orcs just had (laughs) shadow in the warp this one time just it does um it can be if anyone has read the yarrick book on the uh, second war of armageddon there is one that does mention how mm. i think just when there's uh at, like when there's a war of orcs sometimes it has that effect of essentially it's like being near it's like trying to be on your phone and then there's like loads of people on your phone near that like, they're shouting really loudly essentially it's like that makes sense it's not really like a sh- it maybe it's the opposite of a shadow in the warp where it's just too much noise that everything is like gets lost because there's too much orc just an obnoxious like football dark, team fan group just like <laughs> shoot, doing shouts and they're like shut up i'm trying to get to work <laughs> it's like it is like holding a candle next to a flood like a football pitch floodlight essentially you can mm. go can someone hear me it's like oh, or yeah. see, see me it's like yeah. you're trying to make a phone eyes. call at wembley stadium during kickoff and you're like i can't hear you it's like yeah hmm. no wonder <laughs> is that chance in the background i can hear hmm. <laughs> so made it in Niren City, met up, regrouped, found out that like several of his favorite captains, him being Pedro Cantor, um, died horribly to orcs. Um, uh, a few Terminator suits were lost and they decided to regroup. And then there's just kind of a time skip. Cool. Uh, yeah. They were there for, I believe, a couple of seasons. It was a while. Uh, it was pretty lengthy. Uh, which, uh, if you know anything about orc was, yeah, don't good. let them get a foothold or they're going to just make gargants. They it's just the natural progression of things. So they had to have this kind of rush where um they were just trying to hold out as long as possible for like some kind of help until the gargants were made. They had no worry or they had no like reason to believe anything was happening other than Early on in the entirety of the invasion, during the preliminary space battle, that was just a one-sided stomp because of how many orcs were up there. Um, They had one ship get away, which I think was aptly referred to as the Crusader, (laughs) um, ended up slipping away. through The the Rin's postman made it out. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So if there's one thing that I know about the Crimson Fist is that if another Crimson Fist chapter is asking for help, nine times out of (laughs) ten, they are there with bells on. So what happened was towards the end of this invasion, a uh, ship returned and that ship was, drumroll please, if I, you know, foreshadowing, it it means nothing. It was the Crusader with like a bunch of other chapters, I guess. So they showed up and we're going to support the crimson fists in like their final hour, but they are quite literally like, it's like a minute to midnight. Like they are not, hmm. they're pretty late. 
they didn't have any landing zones, so they had to clear out an LZ for them. Went to the new Rin spaceport. <laughs> there were no landing zones. In the this name. is like an iron hand, like, brother, there is no landing zone. There are just orcs. The orcs are the landing zone. <laughs> just like flatten them. <laughs> right? <laughs> so they secured uh, the new Rin landing port by just killing everything that was there, including a few orc war bosses. Uh, one of which ended up being like it's the it's the very typical orc thing of like they can be this big named cool guy. I think his name was like Magkull, and he killed like a space marine terminator captain uh, earlier in the book. Showed up and like he he, he oh, murder fucked mm. off screen. Like just left him alone with Alessio Cortez, oh. and Alessio Cortez just like killed him or no he didn't kill him he got into a fight they thought alessio cortez was dead showed up mm. and then they just murdered him uh it was kind of yeah. anticlimactic in my opinion um secured a an lz uh for the um ships to drop more reinforcements down they ended up having a bit of a, an interesting um confrontation with snagrod the the arch arsonist whom is apparently such a mad <laughs> bastard that he barely even wears armor he just shows up like yeah. butt ass <laughs> naked with like a, a a power claw and like yeah a custom force there's like a bit That's where one of the scout marines is like i've got the shot i'm gonna try and kill this orc warlord and it's that thing of like ah oh, uh, they, he's a scout marine and the, the the captains are like don't take the shot wait until we're in position and it also has that kind of dynamic of like brashness versus restraint and he's like no I'm not going to take the shot he's like i got to take the shot he's like no 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 don't do it don't do it you're going to miss you're going to miss you're going to miss and eventually the scout takes the shot and it's just like massive force field and he gets a bunch of his men killed and you're like you idiot yeah. listen to your captains it's really unfortunate that Brother Cannon was going to be turned into yep. a servitor three weeks after yep. the Hellblade <laughs> Mountains got nuked. Small mercies. <laughs> uh, small mercies. Yeah. <laughs> eh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they ended up fighting Snagrod. And I think, if I remember correctly, he got away, injured. They disabled his force field. And they were about to just like, okay, even playing field, you have no armor. Get him, we boys. Have... <laughs> Rattle him, <Dog> boys. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. Mm. Like JoJo stomping <laughs> meme. Just there. They were about to just grab him. But got away on an orc plane, which Dang. is very unorky of him to leave. I guess it's a very morky of him. Um, ended up getting away. They got reinforced. And now every single. Um, member of the crimson fist has this tick whenever you say uh uh the word orc in a room with them where they get let me cave his head in very uh, uh, like, no it's no like no it's a, fine right it's mm. like the size of the emperor in tyranny oh, i can't having pork for dinner and it's like you said what <laughs> <laughs> no i know it's just chill, 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 chill. pork killed my uncle i'm gonna get him it's like, I'm gonna... <laughs> chill, 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 chill. pork killed my uncle <laughs> i'm gonna go nice. fuck, punch a pig it's like no stop it don't do it don't do it so yeah, that's the basic story. I probably missed. I, I'm oversimplifying it, but you know, why the fuck would you have me on if it wasn't to oversimplify <laughs> things? Um, you did a good job. <laughs> yeah, um, you did a good job. Yeah, it, rough summation of what happened on, uh, uh, you know, Rin's world in the book of Rin's world to <laughs> and Trader's Gorge. Rin's world. 
And Trader's Gorge. Yeah, I forgot about that. But um, the chapter's still Damn. around to this day, which is <laughs> a miracle. I well, mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean the, do you want to say what, how, how they got back to strength? Um, I don't know. As, I might not know as much as you, but I know that yeah. they got reinforced during the Ultima founding. I don't know if they were one of the chapters that because I know there's like two chapters during the Ultima founding. You were close enough to Rabute Gilliman to get like Marines or you weren't close enough to Gilliman. And well, they just sent you the data to make them. And if you well, were that second chapter, you met are personally fucked. with Gilliman. He turned up. He was like, oh, you did a good job of like not dying. Here's some Primaris <laughs> Marines. He also gave them a, a really cool like bolter. Um, he's like, yeah, he's just like, this is yours. And Pedro's like, well, I can't use it because I need what? one hand free, but we'll give it to our champions. It's cool. Thank you. It's it's nice. Because like, oh, I went through like their, their, their relics and it's like, his 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 power fist doesn't have a name. Oh well, it's like Dawn's arrow, and then there's like another one. It's like Gilliman gave this right? to Pedro Cantel for not dying, and he's like, "Yeah, we give it to champions. I can't use it. I need I need a hand to punch things with." Um, I do have a quote for Eli though, if, if you're willing. Ooh. With uh, it's of Rabute well, Gilliman when he uh, he arrives at Rin's world with the reinforcements. Here you go. Oh, it's a big one, biggie. All right. <laughs> I don't. I can't do a Gilman voice, but I'll just say it. I have not summoned you for censure, but to speak earnestly, Roald Dorn thought there was no higher purpose to the existence of the Astartes than the unification of mankind. I see that in you also, and his determination. We, I, need men who fight bravely, even when faced with great tragedy. I have seen with my own eyes in recent days how you inspire intense loyalty in those around you, and I see you hold duty above glory or vengeance. My brother would be proud. Reassemble your chapter, Pedro Cantor, and look now to the future rather than the past. The Loki sector and the Imperium entire has need of you. Nice. Dun, dun, dun. And that's kind of the weird dynamic where they've basically got no veterans left. They've got like 100 plus Astartes veterans, and then everyone is a Primaris. So they're like, these young whippersnappers, <laughs> they don't know how to kill an orc properly. And you're like, oh, you grumpy boys. And so, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're mainly Primaris now. Um hmm. But does does mm-hmm. the ranger the Eldar ranger thing happen in on Rin's world? It's a little story in the Space uh, Marine Codex. I don't know if it has enough importance to even talk about it or not. You can mention it if you if you like. I'm I'm less. Familiar I barely with remember it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of my first Tales from the War videos, so it's really bad. I probably unlisted it because all my first videos were atrocious. But well, that should be a punishment for uh, a challenge we do on the channel oh, where you have man. to watch your first oh. ever video Ooh. and. I think everyone here, no matter who you like, any oh. YouTuber, you have to watch your first video. You wouldn't. There's no greater suffering <laughs> internally Truly. than hearing your own voice. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> like, sure oh, it's God. just like an Eldar Ranger comes out of a portal and talks to Pedro Cantor and it's like saves him and his buddies from some orcs. Okay. And then he's like, "I hate Eldar." And then the guy's like, "All right, but I'm just warning you about." something and then he leaves it's something like that <laughs> and then the other one goes orc and he goes where <laughs> sounds yeah, like elder literally are the crimson <laughs> fists on vigilus i think is that a maybe i think that i do know a little bit about that how um it's like the vigilus campaign which is supposed i don't know if that is with as it must be with the primaris reinforcements mm. but uh for people listening uh vigilus is essentially turning into the new Cadia yeah. um, in law. So the Sictrix Maledictum, the massive warp storm that like splits Superium slash galaxy in two. It's only a one planet, which is, is it the Nackman gauntlet? Yeah. Like, like, there's a little I think gap so. where there's one planet 
hmm. sort of in the middle of all this warp storm yeah. called Vigilus. And there's a campaign there's where one really Abaddon... dangerous alleyway that gets a shortcut. <laughs> so, oh, there we go. Yeah, like it's a massive, mm. like it saves you half an hour. Yeah. But that, but, but that alleyway there's, is there's full people... of and orcs. It's full of, no, it's full of teenagers <laughs> who are talking about <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more oh, intimidating. God. As soon as you get above the age of like 25, it's like, oh, teenagers. <laughs> 20, like, the age of 20, honestly, like, oh my gosh. Mm. Especially nowadays. I know. Um, but Vigilus, <laughs> damn kids. Uh, Vigilus, um, I do believe the Crimson Fist and Pedro Cantor actually make a proper like big appearance in the because Abaddon attacks the planet. He's like, oh, that looks a bit too uh, imperial. <laughs> that looks a bit too safe. well. Time to ruin it. <laughs> <bit> Thanks, <laughs> Abaddon. <laughs> he definitely rubs his hand together, licks his lips. You know, like, oh, that looks like I'm about to destroy that. <laughs> Off and, I go heresying um, again. <laughs> I think that's, that's the planet where Calgar and Abaddon have a mini oh, that duel. That sounds cool. Um, but yeah, essentially Pedro and the Crimson Fist, I do believe, show up and they make like a pretty... I don't know if it's early on or if he appears like later in the campaign, but I know that they sort of act as like a rallying point for a lot of other chapters. Hmm. I think some of the Iron Hand successes even there was, show they, up. They were just... They couldn't... Because of their artwork, all their artwork is like them on a big like <laughs> a big pile of bodies like as a last time. They're like, oh, we can do the things. Like, all right, everyone get together. Ah, oh, we're <laughs> shooting in every direction. Group, group photo. <laughs> group like, guys, photo. come on, something. <laughs> quickly, quickly, do the painting. <laughs> I'm lost standing. <laughs> guys, I'm going to take a selfie. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I love no, they are, they are. I, I also think... Um, What's particularly cool about Crimson Fist is the actual. I think everything kinds of the the one of the few ones now in forty k which are not Greco Roman mm. Latin thing. They actually have like you know Cortez Cantor. Yeah, they have a they, they, they have, have like a very very Hispanic, overt Latin influence. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. I like them. Yeah, the actual it's it's nice how that little bit of extra flavor in terms of because otherwise. A lot of them become like carbon copies yeah. of each other. In a Although way. There, so it's nice there that one makes thing it diverging. with their heraldry, which is a bit of a weird one, because you know everyone knows they're like kind of deep blue with red. Mm-hmm. Um, in the book, it says about how like Cortez has green trim because he's in the fourth company, and all of them have different trim. And then you look at all the artwork, and there's like no trim. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. weird. So I'm not sure if that's been retconned or not. But I'm like, it's similar uh, to I think Ultramarines, isn't it? Ultramarines fourth company have green. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the basic. But then you um, never see it. Yeah, it's like pretty much all Codex chapters. It's like white is first company, gold is second, green is fourth, red is fifth, I think. And then like it's like there's black and purple and blah blah blah. But it's like in the books, it's like it clearly states Alessio has green trim. And then you look at all the stuff hmm. and say, like, oh, it's just blue on blue. Oh, okay. Need more as as much as. All of us have probably struggled with. We just there always needs to be more artwork. Yes. Whenever you're, especially on our end, just True. like making stuff because we do try our best yes. to obviously commission stuff. But man, Warhammer definitely like there's because there's so much of it. It's hard to get. The Magic the Gathering anyone... really helps with that, honestly. Mm. <laughs> oh my! It's a big God. help. I think um, there's a, probably a few of us who have like, come across a thing where it's like, there's no artwork, there's really famous yeah, thing. Yeah, well, like, there's ah. this chapter with like a fair bit of lore I want to do a video on. They have like two... Like, I, I'm going to do Executionist too, soon. It's like, I found two bits of art. Two! Yeah. I'm like, how am I going to stretch right. that across a video? Mm. <laughs> yeah, That's still pretty good, though, considering mm. even though even though Crimson Fist, in terms of like just Warhammer history for uh, people listening, is more like, I think it's the first 
ever Space mm. Marine depict, isn't it? Isn't it the second edition there, codex so. they were on the front of? I th- I d- maybe they're not the first depiction. I think there's probably. Okay, no I think it's like the first one on the cover or something like that. Because I think it was Rogue yeah, Trader, so they... Trader. Then it was second edition, I think, and then they're on the on the cover with their big last stand. Mm-hmm. You're like, ooh, Space Marines, and I think they were the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are one of the first official named paint mm. schemes in like the game. Because if I remember correctly, prior to that, they were like, "Here's yeah. random blue guy." Like they didn't really have a name for the schemes, and then they came out with like a chart of like, like the original artworks for all of them. Like the original Salamander artwork <laughs> is also in that same book, and that are I good yeah, it's fucking like luck camo. And you're like, what is this? <laughs> right? Wasn't there one for like the original Carcharodons, and they Space are shops. like. No, they're not. They're not grey. Yeah. Yes. Did you know what I'm talking really? about, Connor? Like they're like all. Do you want, do you want to mention exactly it? What you're talking about, but I, I, I adore the original Carcharodon's paint scheme because their original logo, like it, like the current logo of the Carcharodon's, mm-hmm. it's neat. It's sleek. It's sexy. sexy it's wow. But like, but I sharks are like oh, yeah. the most sexual creature of the ocean. Don't <laughs> cannot tell me otherwise. <laughs> Dolphins are not <laughs> scary. The yeah, yeah, yeah. other animal really other than humans that enjoy sex. That's their thing. <laughs> oh, that's no, uh, let's keep it on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a biologist. I could go on for days about how much I hate dolphins. Not today. Um, but if you look up the original logo for like the Cacaridons, it looks like a child's doodle of a, of a shark. And it's like oh, no one's so first. He's just there, like, he's just, you can just imagine he him is. just saying, like, <laughs> it's like there he is. <sighs> it's so, but the thing is, so in the lore, is that there are dirty. space sharks and there are Cacaridons, and they're now separate. Yeah, true, actually. I think that's true. It's It's a mixed kind of thing because, like, it's the same thing with like the Minotaurs where like mm. there was a chapter called the Minotaurs that had completely different iconography, completely different paint scheme. They existed prior to the Minotaurs that we know right now. There's theories that they were the chapter that was killed. <laughs> Man, this is a great Don't Crimson Fist video. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we're allowed to do that. how it always goes. We could be, we're usually talking about yeah, food Fair by enough. now. So this is Yeah, we good. had a massive debate about um, breakfast before where we were talking about how in the UK, we're like, it needs to be more savory. Yeah, these guys needs to be hate savory. English muffins with honey. Literally hate It's them. not called... <laughs> I, I looked at a picture of it, what Eli said. Mm. We don't call it English muffin mm. here, funny enough. It's just called a muffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could go... I could fuck oh, up a yeah. good steak and eggs oh, for breakfast. Mass. Like... Oh, it, oh, we're talking pro here. God. Okay. I'm making me hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately goes on the tangent about breakfast. Uh, Sticking st- st- uh, to topic, yes, uh, we would um, we'll say like the Crimson Fist. Like they are still currently about. They are kicking ass in terms of they just repelled or helped repel the Abaddon campaign, and obviously there's a bit of like extra flavor to them now. It's unfortunate that they don't get like they seemingly have had like a bit of love in the law in terms of books, and then they go like, oh, we've done it now, and they haven't really been touched uh, since. But I guess they get mm-hmm. as much as like sort of. I don't know. It's, I always think of him in a way like um, how Blood Ravens don't actually have like really that much of official mm-hmm. official stuff, but then um, <laughs> but they still like are kind of well loved. I think Crimson Fists. I do believe. Yeah. I don't know. If, correct me if I'm wrong. Was it the ninth edition? You could play them as a. I think so yeah. A, as in, like they actually had their own rules. I don't. I think. Mm-hmm. And. Yep. I mean, Pedro is like an actual character that you can play with. So. 
Makes sense. You can't currently buy his model. I oh, think. Are they making anymore. them? Are they, are they making them legends? No, I think they might be. Hope well. Hopefully, they might be primarising him up. Yeah. I'm sure Pedro will, True. like most of the He'll chapter stay. masters, at some point go <sighs> through Except... the um across the Rubicon. Except for. Uh, Tybros and Antioch because GW hates Forge World uh, Space Marine chapters and Alcacardons and Minotaurs are no longer and I'm grumpy about that Yeah, (laughs) they don't give a lot of love but hopefully we'll get um, well luckily to be fair if you are particularly painting along for this or if you're even painting Crimson Fist they are quite like a nice scheme but um, I think they're one of the few armies. Like, if you see them on the tabletop, they actually look quite satisfying. It's like mm. a full force. I think it looks quite, um, quite gorgeous. I will I say, bet. though. Gorge uh, Bandai, nice. <laughs> yeah. Is there any more lore? Anyone, anyone wants to add to this um, one? I've got a few that, character uh, rundowns, but we've already talked about two and just some yeah. details. Go for it. Go for it. Um, it's not much, but I thought yeah. you know, it's not much, but it's honest work. So I thought I'd just mm-hmm. mention. Uh, some of the some of the the known characters. I've only got three because there's actually not many known characters. But we'll start off with Pedro Cantor. Just a few extra details. So he's known as the Lord Hellblade because he is kind of the regent of Rinsworld. Unlike a lot of chapter masters, he's actually like he's not just oh I live here. He actually is like in charge of the planet as well, which is quite cool. Uh, he's the twenty ninth chapter master, and he's one of the most respected and accomplished studies in the Imperium, and it's a symbol of unerring defiance and heroism and is also just good at not being a dick uh, unlike a lot of <laughs> space marine chapter masters who are like we should burn the civilians to get closer to the enemy he's like oh, <laughs> no he's very wise yeah he's tempered and wise which is what a chapter master should be it's very cool um hmm. so that's all i want to say about him but um Cortez, I just need to mention a few other things about Cortez. so he's known as the master of the charge as captain of the fourth company oh. Uh, like we said earlier, he he went through the ranks with Cantor as a young Astartes. Um, he was a veteran of the, the Battle of Steel Cross and defense of Fortress Maladon, and he's continuously been the last man standing of the chapter in its most difficult battles. Um, here's a fun fact. He once disarmed an orc warlord with a sword stuck in his ribs, where he basically twisted his body so it kind of got out of his grip and then killed the orc after he disarmed he's like oh my ribs are a good way nice. of grabbing this twist stab and that's just kind of the guy he is oh um i've got a quote as well um <laughs> do you want to read this one uh how there's two characters oh is it uh is it the second one or yeah is it the it's, first it's, one? it's like second one the second one it's, it's, it's broken up into two characters oh as in it's after the uh hello part. <laughs> i've seen this quote it's the, awesome. the one that starts with, you've lost an arm. <laughs> oh, you've lost an arm, Alessio. By the mercy of the Emperor, you're lucky you're not losing your life as well. I haven't lost my arm, brother. It's right over there. So awesome. I'm still in this. I'm fine. <laughs> From Rinsworld. So awesome. <laughs> um, uh, it's Pedro over there. Pedro responded promptly with that. <laughs> <laughs> Or did he get in, like get into his ear, like whisper, like, listen, 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 little shit? Yeah, I could, because yeah. it was like right after the yeah. war. Yeah, I could not mention. It's kind of a fan favorite in the community oh. of like fun quotes that Astartes have said. He's like, yeah, he's just been like fighting with this orc war boss on Rinzo. I was like, you lost your arm. I was like, no, I haven't. I know exactly where it is. I'm looking at it. And he's like, oh, is this is definitely a Monty Python uh, <laughs> reference here? Isn't the Black Knight. Yeah. Tis but a scratch. 
just about a flesh of uh, space marines. Um, but mm. as, as far as his fate these days, what we do know is very scant, but he was lost during his battle against Drukari pirates during the Wheel of Fire campaign. Many of the chapter, including Cortez, believe he is alive <laughs> within the webway, but he's missing. Um, he should be dead, but it's Cortez, so he's probably not dead. And they reckon, yeah, he, he may be lost. He's not back with the chapter. But everyone is there kind of like, they can't kill Cortez. He's too cool. He's, he's a cool guy. He, he disarmed an orc with his rib case. That's pretty cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to kill him. He's the immortal, as we have learned. So therefore, yeah. <laughs> seems a bit, yeah. seems a bit yeah. of a waste to like, and then he died off screen. But it wouldn't be the first time GW had done that. Oh, how he He is basically the epitome of, I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> that's a, that's Cortez. Um and just like a little character, because again, there aren't many yeah. characters, but there's another one called Esteban de Dominova. He's a Death Watch apothecary and watch captain of the Jericho Reach. Um, he's just like a neat character who's got a little bit of lore. He's a brilliant medic and genius intellect. He doesn't get on with like, he's, he's very reserved. He doesn't really like fraternize with the rest of his men, but he's a xenobiologist and he's earned the respect of the Death Watch and Inquisition because he's, he's, he's like... One of the premier medics in the Astartes. When you get injured in the Death Watch, you want him to treat you because it's like, oh, I won't lose the arm. That'd be good. Or I won't be put in a dreadnought sarcophagus. That's a relief. And so he has like a waiting list of like, um, we've got brother Gary. He's like, he's been really badly injured. He doesn't want to be going to dreadnought. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Don't stick me in the box. And he's like, yeah, get Esteban to do it. Uh, so those are those are just some so characters I wanted to. He's mention. the Doctor House of the uh, the Death Watch. It's like, oh, he's a bit of an asshole. He's, 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 the best, he's our best goddamn doctor we've got in here. <laughs> Everybody lies, you know. he said. <laughs> oh, if, um, if that's everything, though, I think that might we might have crimson fisted it. Sorry, I did it again, boys. Didn't mean to. We've, oh, We've crimson dollars. What's this guy up to, man? I know. Uh, I've given the wrong impression, <laughs> or maybe I'm just being too honest. Yeah, we do like the Empress children. Screw the pain glove. Oh, we need to give Hal a, a foot glove or a pain oh, pain okay. foot. Oh, pain right. foot. Okay, now pain now boot. I can't. There you go. We'll give him a pain boot. That's even worse. Okay, so <laughs> pain pain boot better. Pain boot. Really sucks. The pain sock. Holy oh my god funny people. Um, speaking of uh, pain sock uh, thank you everyone for listening to this <laughs> episode uh, we appreciate if you guys um, maybe didn't know anything about Crimson Fist or maybe learned a little bit more uh, detail hopefully uh, you guys listening all enjoyed uh, massive thank you to our guest thank you Connor for uh, appearing on Law Yay. Crimes we definitely Law mm. Crimed a few things today but it's all <laughs> good and dandy because that's the whole point this is where you come onto our, um, our podcast to get to vent those crimes and we'll take the rap for you it's fine if, is there like a, a particular oh, favorite topic you have in 40k just wondering yeah 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 me specifically oh yeah um how gw absolutely fucked the <laughs> night lords after 2000 <laughs> yeah that's tough man yeah. decimus was a really cool character that old now christ yeah I think it was 2008 or 2011. It was like early 2010s. I'm just like, man, uh, I don't know. I mean, is he, he coming it's, back? It's only a little bit. But obviously, <laughs> in the new Storm of Iron redo of the art, like they're going. Oh, with um, oh, with Honsu on the front. Honsu? So they're going back to old stuff and revamping it slightly. So it's like maybe there's hope. Hmm. Who knows? Interesting. It's no. one of those things where it just no. won't be touched until they want yeah. to do. If that. your faction has an omnibus, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? I mean, right? It's not wrong. I I hate it so much. But yeah, Night Lords are kind of my <laughs> closet pick. That's the thing that like I'm like twitchy. Okay, Night Lords yeah. and Leagues of Votan. But Leagues I mean, of Votan. There's not much about leagues. Yeah, you don't have to like, say it like that. This is know, this is a nice everything place. About... Nice <laughs> Be... Not anymore. Be... Not anymore. <laughs> what? what? Do we have? <laughs> is there problems? Do we have problems with leagues? Oh of no, Votan? we haven't. I think any of us lot have got any um, considered expert level no, I don't, uh, yeah, nuance I just, on it. I just don't like that they so, made the new faction before there's... even giving me noise marine uh, kids. <laughs> but you know, it's fine. Valid. Uh, leagues of Votan. I know everything there is to know about them, which is like <laughs> <laughs> there's not much. We haven't gotten a book yet. I've read hmm. all the codexes and like book entries for them, and I'm trying to stay up to date to be that guy. But yeah, no, th- those are my two. Well, you may things. have to uh, if you're up for it. You may have to obviously if we're talking about leagues of Votan. Hopefully, you can Votan our leagues yeah. in five years when we get uh, a info. Of <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'd, I'd love to it's there again there's not much to know about other than one of the characters might just be like the Luke Skywalker <laughs> equivalent <laughs> I do have one last one though um, it's a tough question uh, tough question clearly tough can't even get it out um, yeah. uh, who's better Sevatar <laughs> or Talos uh, better in, in your brain what way? <laughs> to you Talos oh. A heart, not even a difficult question. Sevatar, great character, love him to death. Talos is one of those guys that like, like he's my Brian. <laughs> oh like, no, he's you for real. You don't know what landmine you've stepped uh, on there. Gosling. <laughs> hey, tying people together and torturing them to create a psychic screech to murder people. I'm looking at that. I'm like, this is an honest project. He's just being creative. don't shame him nice Uh, with that being said though uh, thank you so much for coming on and helping us illuminate people on some crimson fists obviously the story of Pollux of Cantor of Cortez I hope everyone uh, enjoyed this and um, we've got some interesting topics coming up soon I think soon it's our one year anniversary for crimes which is crazy that Mm. it went that quickly uh, we're not ready for, for to feel that time <laughs> passage <old>. go. <laughs> um, and with that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. And we will catch you all on the next one. Peace. Bye. Farewell. Love you. Bye.